When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Okay, what day is my birthday? I know yours. What day is mine? And all of a sudden I was just like, oh God, Uh-oh. one in 365. But I had to play it all cool. So I was like, oh, shut it. June? And she's like, okay, fine, June 1. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay, sweet. I got the month. Nice. And then I was now like, you're down to one out of 30. One out of 30. I was like, you can do this size. You can do this size. And I was like, 23rd. And she was like, okay, I just wanted to make sure you knew. Anyway, oh, and I was like, Boo! I was three from the corner and wind drains it. Unbelievable, yeah. It's episode 234 of the Simply Human podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Two human beings being human. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and you can start living more like a human today. I'm very. On today's show, your, your hand movements are distracting. <laughs> it is the return of Suki Baxter. She's a posture and movement specialist and the author of Perfect Posture for Life. She helps people change their lives by changing the way they move. Really excited to have Suki back on. We just finished the conversation with her. It was great. How are you, Rick? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I got, a, I got three things that I've already written in the crosstalk notes that we need to get Okay. To. All right. Hit me. Okay. Hit me. The first thing is, I showed you this at the end of the interview. Do you know yes. what this is? Uh, you're going to have to stop moving it around. Wow. I mean, I have a lot of inappropriate guesses. <laughs> you, you may for an elephant, have for seen, an elephant to you may have warm. Seen, you may have seen an elephant could not. This would not fit her. Um, you may. You may have seen this around. You're, okay. The, this is a gator, G-A-I-T-E-R. These, okay, these so are, that's the form of face covering right. some people will use. This is okay. one that I've had for a while. I ordered some, one with like a, a crazy like clown, clown face on the on right here. That's creepy. It'd be fun. So I got this back out, and I want to show you. We're going to count all the different ways you can wear this. Are you ready? Hang on, is this what this is known for? It's versatility. Yes, yes. Because I see people wearing them, and I'm like, why are they not just wearing like a regular mask? Why this instead of that? So let's find out. All right, you're gonna. I'm gonna do, and you're gonna count. I'm gonna count. Like every time I get to a new one. Okay, I can say whatever I want because Mark can't hear me. So how's my hair? I can hear you. No, you can't. <laughs> yes, I can. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. By the way, watch the show on YouTube if you want to see know, what we're I doing. Gonna, I was gonna apologize. If you're listening, this is going to be the most, probably the top uh, or the bottom 10 most boring segments we've ever done. If you're, <laughs> Fast forward if you're like two just minutes. listening. Okay. Okay. Is that a legitimate use for it? Headband. What is the purpose of that? Headband. Okay. That's... Okay. Why? No, we're not talking about the reasons. I'm just saying. Oh, we're just things you can do. Oh, geez. Okay. All right. That's one. Neck warmer. A little scarf. Uh, I'll give you two. We'll allow it. (laughs) 
uh, this is three. for like underneath your spaceman helmet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does look like something from uh, Ground 13. Control to Major Tom. Okay, that does three. look exactly what that. Keep the count. Is. Okay, that's Keep three. The count going. Three. three. Oh, I can count. Hold on, I can't remember the next. Okay, I remember now. Oh, way to go! Way to go, idiot! That's the same. Oh. Four. You want a ninja mask, somebody. Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> well, there's just, you could just always do this. Oh, yeah. You could always do that. Sleep I mean, stocking. by all means. Okay. You could look like, uh, you could look like Ebenezer Scrooge going to bed with his nightcap on. Okay. That's what, what are we up to? Uh, I don't know. Five. I think that was six. I promise, I promise to count. I would count, and I've lost count after like five, four or five things. It is now inside out. This is the this is the the grand segment you had planned for crosstalk, huh? Is there like an instruction manual that comes with this? Yes. Is this how you're learning how to do all this? Just, this is what you've done all day. There's just a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> all right, watch this. So you can tie it into a knot. Oh, okay. We have more. We're, we're working on it. This is literally all you did all day today. <laughs> this is clearly your precision with the, with the maneuvers here. This is all you've done all day today. I, I know for a fact. Okay. This is the last one, and this is my favorite. You join the Blue Man Group. Okay, we're spinning it around. <laughs> you could just make a, a hat. <laughs> it's a beanie. Isn't that fun? It is a beanie. Oh, yes, that's the most fun I've had. You know what? You know which one I didn't do? Seriously? And this is what? like the whole point of the whole thing during the pandemic. Oh, covering your face. Just pull it down and cover your face. Like this. <laughs> you can knock yourself over backwards. Okay, so... This is like what most people are going to wear them for. Okay, so why have that... As opposed to just, I wear just a regular surgical mask. I've got a box up in my office, and I'll just wear one for a couple of days and train, change it out. Why, what's the benefit of that I like over just a, a regular mask? Let's, let's say, okay, maybe not like when you're at the office or whatever, but if you're out and around, outside, going around, and you want to, uh, you know, wick some sweat, you can You, you know, can I played in a up. hockey game on Saturday night, and one of the players on the other team had a mask on, and I wanted to be like, hey, listen, uh, that's crazy. Like, we're playing. You're taking it too far. Yeah. I can't imagine playing hockey with a mask. I have been wearing, I have a Dallas Mavericks mask I've been wearing. It's hard to breathe. <laughs> Why don't you take it down then? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you don't have to wear it oh, yeah. right now. Hold on, let me put my hat back on. Um, 
So I wear this hat, my Mavericks hat, with my Mavericks mask, and I look like a pretty awesome Mavs fan. You look like you're headed to the game, huh? <laughs> I, look like, I look like the kid that asked me wh- who the Mavs played tonight. God, that's my, one of my top five Mark Rogers stories ever. Okay, so this is fun. So yeah. I got I got to buy one, get four free, and this one is like, <laughs> I know, this one is like uh, stretchy, and I think the other ones I have yeah. are more clothy, but this is good. Um, okay, the next thing I have, uh, oh, I was going to mention... This is gonna be better or worse than Gator Talk. <laughs> this is better. This is very short. This is this is this is very short. If you're ever watching the show and you see me or Rick make this face, <laughs> the bite lip. What are you doing? The bite lip nod. That's the. We have just texted <laughs> something to one or the other, and that's us. Don't give it away, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, that's us trying not to laugh. So, like, so I'll look down. And it's a thing because we are both, you know, 13 years old, really. We're be in, we'll be interviewing a guest, and I'll try to text something to Mark to make him laugh, and he'll do the same thing to me. So I'll be watching uh, Rick for this face. <laughs> <laughs> and to complicate things, my natural thinking face is kind of, you'll probably people have been watching, I have kind of a facial tick where I, I will, like, yeah, like I do chew the on the thing. inside of my like I do that nonstop just when I'm listening, and so it confuses it for when Mark sends me, you know, an inappropriate. Uh, oh, not inappropriate! No, not inappropriate at all. No, just, no. no. <laughs> it was about something that we were talking about earlier in the day. Yeah, that is us trying <laughs> trying to make each other laugh during the interview. Um, <laughs> and this isn't part of my crosstalk, but there's my leg. Okay, you can't not explain. I fell on a downhill mountain bike course and i well i wish you would have fallen on your face wrecked my leg okay the last thing is this so and i mentioned this in the interview that my kids and i have been watching the show alone have you seen this do you know what it is i am not familiar i have never heard okay i'll make Please. it i'll make it very short so we started with this is what she said i look like a <laughs> i don't know if she said that or not. i feel like a i don't know what Might this with is you. Uh, she, she did with me um <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, season six is on Netflix. So I'm like, why is season six and not the other seasons? So I guess I'll watch it, right? It looked pretty cool, just like on the picture. They take 10 people. They put them out in the wilderness. They give... What are you doing? Sorry, my cat was pulling up the carpet. Oh. The rug. Great. Cats. Get cats. She's um, terrific. She's my, my best companion. Tu gato? Mi gato, si. Mi bien. Muy Bien. Um, <laughs> almost got it. Almost, almost got the you're like, you're Spanish good, phrase. Me bien. Um, por, supu- <laughs> por supuesto, Casey. Um, so, uh, ten people. They give you like seventy pounds worth of video equipment, GoPros, cameras. You are by yourself, okay, out in like the Arctic. Season six is the Arctic. I mean, like, like legitimate. You're out in the middle of nothing. They leave you there. You're by yourself. You got to make. There's 50 things. A catalog of 50 things. You can choose 10 of them, right? So some people are choosing bow like and arrow, items, like a survival type okay. items. No guns. Okay. Like a knife. Different kinds of knives. A saw. Like netting. Things like that. And the last, the person who taps out the last wins five hundred thousand dollars. Okay. So it's it's like I couldn't stop watching season six. The group, my daughter started watching it with me. Then we went back and started. Now we're watching season one. And where, okay, where are you watching season one at? Uh, 
Because you said six is on Netflix. I believe it's on Amazon Prime. If you have Prime, okay. And like oh, they're yeah. all they're yeah. all kind of scattered. Some of them are on Hulu. Okay. Some of them are on. See, if season seven, I think, is going on right now. And this one is you, whoever. This sounds awesome. Whoever makes it to a hundred days wins a million bucks. And if it's if all ten of them make it, but like the like season one, not to give anything away, they 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 drop like flies early on. In the Arctic, it it took a little bit for them to start dropping off, and you'd think it wouldn't be like that. Hmm. But all that to say, I. Before I started watching Alone, I ordered a book, and I thought you might find it interesting. <laughs> Not expecting that when you were holding that up. I will give you a slow clap. <laughs> but this is like clap. an actual book. Hey, that's like the book we got you for your birthday a couple of years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Many of the same topics are covered. How to make <laughs> drawings, how to make snares, stuff to do. So See, I don't know how to do any of that at all. But um, one of my favorite movies ever is the um, Castaway. Is Castaway? I just Where, watched it again. I have seen it uh, ballpark probably at least thirty, forty times. That movie is and so I, much I more. I think about that a lot. Like if I. Could I survive if the same thing happened to me? Now, I will play games and be like, all right, forget the dental problem. If you haven't seen Castaway, right, right, I'm going right. to give it away. Uh, he gets uh, Castaway on an island. For, okay, <laughs> no dental problems, just everything right, else. Right, right. Could I survive knowing that I uh, can't eat, uh, I don't like to eat fish, that they're disgusting? Mm, you have to learn to eat fish. And I have no, he has no supplies whatsoever. Right. He has nothing. Right. He has literally nothing. Could I figure out how to survive for a month? You could if you had this. <laughs> I have a different version of that book. So it's got a lot what, of pictures in it. This is a, <laughs> <laughs> it's a Sears catalog from 1987. <laughs> it's the, 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 the Sears insert in the Sunday paper. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we gotta like. Take this little <laughs> clip out and send it to Steve. Um, but what I love, this is a little side note on Castaway. That movie is a great survival movie, all this stuff. But that the, the movie is so much more like than that. Like the end of the movie, like the whole. Oh, yeah. The oh, whole, the, it's so I'm just talking sad. about just the, right. the, the actual survival. Yeah. Like, think about like how he stays. How can you stay out of the sun from getting sunburned? Right. Sunburned like to the point where like you can't function and you die. you have no shelter i mean there's some trees you can try to stay out of it but like well you also have to be out trying to do stuff and here's something else kind of cool about alone the show especially in season six it's not like hey mark and rick are gonna go see how long they can do this it is like these people are most of them are in their 40s and their whole life has been spent teaching people and, and doing survival outdoor okay so these stuff. are like survival super expert experts and okay they, and like so watching i love do like it. Do you remember Bear Grylls' old oh, show? Oh, heck yeah. Man, Man vs. Wild. Wild. I yeah. have seen like a trillion yeah. episodes of that. And I know there was a big controversy because like they would set some of these like things but it's up still, for him to do. It's still, he's, but he's still, still teaching doing it. Right. He's still doing it. it. Like That's a real elephant turd he's squeezing <laughs> water out of and drinking. It was, I think like, it was a camel. It was a camel. No, it was an elephant was turd. Ugh. Yes. He did something he with a camel. He squeezed water out of a giant elephant turd. I think he did like, something with a camel. Real. I think it's in here. Hang on. Let me find this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so anyway, toe, the toe area. Stars. 
<laughs> start like manicure. Okay, so I'm gonna watch this show. Start though. watching on it's Netflix. It's not just regular nerds. It's these are people who know what they're doing. Right. So That's start awesome. with the season six on Netflix. Okay. Because they, it's like you know the producers of the show have like learned some things over six seasons, and so like they've kind of figured out. See, when you go okay. back and watch season one. There's, it's not as good. Yeah, there's yeah. This okay. is production value is, is a little bit better in season six, and then it's going to get you hooked, and then you're going to want to watch all the rest of the seasons. And I'm like so mad that I have just now found out about this. It's like a five year old show. I've never even heard of it. I know, never heard of it. Anyway, I think that uh, I think I heard a segment on a, on the radio, Bragger. like uh, out of the corner of my ear, which is not a thing, but like just uh, like I wasn't terribly paying attention, but. Okay, I'll watch. All right, I'm excited. If it sucks, I'm going to come over and I'm going to take that gator and I'll <laughs> shove it up your rear end. Or just choke me with it because it's yeah. already about Oh, no, I'm going to shove it up your rear end. That's, <laughs> okay. That sounds way uh, more okay. fun. Okay. <laughs> go, go with your instincts on that one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take your book. <laughs> okay, let's get to the interview with Suki. We yes. talked to her about how she's been doing. The autonomic, the autonomic nervous system. Modern stress versus ancestral stress, the being well-resourced <laughs> to deal with stress, and a new morning routine, among many other things. Here is Suki. Rick, yes. Suki, you remember Suki? We talked to her, mm-hmm. and we talked all about it. Uh, since we talked to her, she had a birthday. We already did the birthday game. It was May 16th. Uh, see, you could have uh, no. fooled me. Well, and you could have done what I did, and that's yeah. cheat in the birthday game and been like, oh, yeah. But, there's, but there's evidence that I cheated because like in april we i'm not gonna put you in prison uh well I you could against you <laughs> i don't think lying on a podcast is a crime uh, well you could not. you could plant <laughs> anything you wanted on me so well that and, is true yeah okay that's what i'm gonna do so we're recording obviously and this is great so we've already uh time travel talk we've recorded an intro and we are here with suki so when she finished the the interview last time, this is one of those that we were like, hey, we should have you back on. Like, I feel like there's a lot more to okay. talk to. And like, she, you got rescheduled like pretty quick. And I can't believe it's already July. I can't believe. Yeah, it feels like it was both really recent that we talked and also ten years like ago. Well, you know, uh, we we also say that Suki to literally every single guest tea. at the end, like, oh yeah, hey, we should have you back on again. It's kind of <laughs> like at the end of a date, like, hey, yeah, maybe I'll give you a call sometime. But like, we could tell that we actually did want you back because you're back, now. right? And so for everybody's been on who's listening, uh, sorry, we've never had you back. Well, we're lying. We're lying on the podcast. The email. I feel special. You must have uh, lost the email because I definitely emailed all those people. They just must have not seen it. Oh yeah, they their pot their their simple human experience wasn't great. They, they didn't want to come down. back. Right. Yeah. right. <laughs> we'll call you. Um, okay, Suki, remind us where are you? Not like in what room you're in, uh, <laughs> but like what city are you in? Where are you? I'm in. I'm in Seattle. Seattle. That's right. Because that was like that, like when we talked to you, Seattle is like the hot spot. Yeah, and now Texas is. And got now some... it's Texas. Yeah, we're number one. We're number one. So what's all... going on in Seattle? I know there was the okay. Forgive me, my current events. I haven't been watching the news. I know there was that like society that they set up in Seattle. Yeah, the Capitol Hill. No, was called, what was it? It was called no, something. No, the Chaz, the Capitol Hill Chaz. Autonomous Zone. Autonomous Zone. That's, that's what, what it is. Was. Yeah, and that's yeah. been what were they finally just like? All right, we're done with this. Like, I have no idea. I don't live near Capitol Hill, and that's so probably I good for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't gone to Capitol Hill in forever because the parking there is terrible. I did used to live up there, but that was ages ago. 
Um, so I honestly don't know what's going on with that area up there. We do have signs on our freeways still that say active protests in oh. Seattle and that freeways may be shut down. But I have not experienced any freeway closures or shutdowns myself. When so. you hear the phrase, I'm asking both of you, Capitol Hill, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Washington, D.C. <laughs> it's not, I'm just not a bill, just a little <laughs> bill, and I'm thinking I'm yes, wearing I, a I'm, Capitol I, Hill. That's the second thing. You singing Schoolhouse Rock is the second thing that comes to my mind. When I hear <laughs> Me Capitol singing Hill. it, yes, not the actual <laughs> song. Okay, so up in Seattle, so how have you been since we talked to you? I guess it was like the show came out in like mid-April, so it means we probably yeah. talked to you, uh, you know, you based on my production timing uh, like two years ago. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Rick. Uh, so it was like in late <laughs> March. So how yeah. have you been during all of this? Uh, give us an update on how you've been doing. I've been doing great. Um, I have really been pivoting my work and switching more towards uh, talking to people about uh, nervous system health and which is still related it's not really not really something i wasn't talking about before but i've really been diving into that which has been great i'm really enjoying that um in terms of what's going on with you know the covid stuff i am not seeing people one-on-one -on -one because as we've seen as things start to reopen cases are going up which was something that i figured would happen so i hadn't planned on it i was just going to watch and see so i was unsurprised to see that the cases were on the rise um, and had made that decision in May that I was not going to go back to seeing people one-on-one -on -one, uh, and happy that I made the decision and right. continuing to watch that situation. So are you a Zoom expert? Are you like the Zoom queen on all this stuff? Uh, I have been using Zoom. I, You know, it's been great. I've been talking to a lot of friends on Zoom. Right. In fact, I've been talking to more people now that I really talked to before this because I've been really intentional about reaching out to people that I've been thinking about instead of just being like, oh, I wonder how they're doing. I actually reach out and say, hey, what's going on? I'd love to talk to you. I'd love to catch up. So I've uh, been spending a lot of time on Zoom. Speaking of that, Rick, we need to do another family uh, game night where you... I was actually just thinking about that the other day. We haven't done like, that in so a while. We talked about this probably in the, the episode that we were talking to, uh, to Suki, but we Mark does like a... We were doing like a family game night, like Mark's parents live uh, in the same city that he lives in, but we were all getting together on Zoom and I was horning in like a third wheel and playing like a bunch of uh, online games with Mark and his family. We need to get that going. Yes, that we need good. to do that next week for sure. Um, okay, well, let's get into it. I know you sent me some talking points and it, it like it when I looked at the show notes from the last time, this was kind of like where we were, we were talking. So, you know, you're a posture movement specialist. Um, let's talk about, you kind of already mentioned the nervous system. Uh, you mentioned a healthy, well-regulated autonomic, autonomic nervous system yeah, close. is the, is the cornerstone of health. So explain that. And then I think you're probably going to probably dive into like parasympathetic, sympathetic, the whole central nervous system. It's all connected, but like why specifically the autonomic one? Yeah. So throughout the time that I've been doing the work that I do, I've always circled back around to the nervous system. Basically every road has led me back to the nervous system, whether that is going down a path of understanding physical health, mental health, uh, how we process our emotions, how we relate to one another. Um, and we talked a little bit about the work that I do with horses as well in the last episode. And everything has always kind of come back to that foundational piece of that nervous system. And the autonomic nervous system is responsible for all of the things that are below our conscious awareness in our bodies. But they are also how we navigate stress and threat in our environment. 
and how we relate to one another. So if you're in a survival state, if you've been stressed and you're holding on to that for whatever reason, you haven't been able to process that out of your nervous system, then that will affect everything from your physical health in terms of your digestive function, the tension in, in your muscles, whether you have too much or too little tension, all kinds of physical things like that, even cardiovascular health. But it also affects how you relate to other people and how you perceive the world. So if you're in a an autonomic state that is hyperaroused, like a sympathetic activation, which is your fight or flight uh, branch of your nervous system, then you're going to be always kind of feeling threatened, always feeling like you need to run away from things. People aren't going to feel really safe. When you're in that state, if you imagine being a rabbit that's running away from a coyote, for example, it's not really time. <laughs> it's not really a good time to sit and be like, Hey, let's, uh, let's break some bread. Let's have some, you know, let's have a little chat and a little conversation. Let's open a bottle of wine. Yeah. The rabbit Mark, running. Was the, Mark, was that the rabbit or was that the coyote? Uh, like, this, which one well, were you? I did the, and then I did the hopping to do. And if for our listeners that are only listening to audio had no idea that I made a little ear on my head. No, you should be watching but, on YouTube because we are way more ridiculous. Well, I was going to say, like, yeah, the, the the rabbit running for his life is not interested in answering the question like, hey, Jordan, come over here. We're having dinner. He's <laughs> like, I'm a little busy right now. Oh, sorry. I'm up here like this. This is my rabbit. <laughs> yeah, you forgot the ears. We <laughs> no, Nobody knew what you were doing. <laughs> but it's... it's um. Talk about this sort of phenomenon, Suki, that um, if you, like, I always use this example. If you take, like, a hunter-gatherer human being from, like, I don't know, three, four, five hundred years ago, and you take them out of their, like, kind of survival context where they wake up and their whole point today is, like, finding food, shelter, water, like, the basics. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And you drop that person down into like a traffic jam, right? They're they're not just going to instantly be like, oh, oh god, like that's not a they're they're just going to be sitting there like going, we're sitting, we're we're safe. They're why, but we have like kind of, we don't have to do that. Uh, we don't have to find food and water and all those things. And so our, I guess what am I trying to say is like the uh, the measuring stick of what is actually a survival response to stress is totally short-circuited and like and how we can well, 
fix well, that. And, and what we call stress is really distorted too. So that word can be really misleading because being hungry is a type of stress. Right. And, right. and so that will create a small wave of activation. But for us, that means small elevation. We get motivated to get up and go to the refrigerator and get some food or, you know, go to whatever restaurant, get some food. And then that, you know, that wave drops down. So that's a small activation and deactivation in your autonomic nervous system. Hmm. Um, but the, that's not like necessarily something that's traumatic. It happens all the time. I right. mean, the phone ringing is another type. You get motivated to pick up the phone, small wave up, you know, then you find out who it is, it's your friend, whatever the wave goes down. Um, so, so stress isn't necessarily things that are bad. It's things that create an activation in our nervous system. And the fact is that in modern life, we are inherently getting traumatized on a daily basis because these stressors never end. And so we get these activations, but the micro, yeah, yeah, micro activations, but they stack and there's no time to discharge them. And it's one to another, to another, to another, to another. And so that traffic jam is stressful, not because you're sitting in a car, but because you have to get somewhere and, and also you're immobilized too. So immobilization is another type of stress. You can't move. So being held oh, down right. or being stuck in a, a certain type of place it can be stressful, uh, which is why medical procedures can be very stressful and, and traumatic for a lot of people right. because a lot of times you're immobilized. And if you're a small child, for example, and they immobilize you and you don't understand, that's very oh, traumatizing. Right. So traffic jams are another form of that. So, so these stressors come from different types of um, stimulus into our body. And it's not actually the thing that is traumatizing, that the event that's traumatizing, it's what your nervous system does with that. And because everything's coming at us so fast and it's so never ending in our modern life, we don't have that time to discharge and come back to a neutral state. And so we just get wound up, wound up, wound up, wound up. A couple of different ways I want to, I want to go. I've already written two things down, but so you said it's not necessarily the thing, right? It's how our body responds to it. But could you also say it's not necessarily the thing, it's how you choose to respond to it consciously you, you can say you can say choose but a lot of that is determined by how resourced a person is in that moment so for example if you are a child and you uh experience mm. say um your parents arguing and it's loud and they're angry and it's you know that's distressing you don't have a lot of resources you can't intervene you're not big enough if there's an attack on you you're not big enough to fight back either right. verbally or physically really you don't have the the verbal sophistication to fight back but you certainly don't have the physical resources and you can't leave because you're kind where of you stuck there you're not right. yeah. yeah where are you going to go you can't feed yourself yeah. you know i mean there's not a lot of support and so those types of situations kids are a good example because they aren't very well resourced um those situations become traumatizing and they shape your nervous system but as an adult the same is true so I had an instructor in uh, one of the courses that I took who talked about how she had a car accident that was like a very minor fender bender where somebody rear-ended her. She was at a stoplight and they were going really slow and they just like tapped her car. And I mean, it wasn't nothing, but really no damage was done. And she came unglued. She was severely traumatized by this and she just felt completely scattered and completely frazzled. And it was because her glass was already full. And so that car accident was just the little piece extra that tipped her over 
And so it wasn't necessarily that she made a conscious choice to freak out about that. It's that her nervous system was already in such a state due to other life circumstances that were stressing her out, having to do with completely unrelated issues, hmm. that car accident set her over the edge. So it wasn't because the airbag, airbag deployed and a swarm of bees came out of the airbag. No. It was just because <laughs> that would cause you to instant... Is that like uh, an aftermarket option? The <laughs> airbag full of bees? Is that a thing that happens? Yeah, yeah, well, another example of that is like if there's a fire in your house, right? And you don't have a fire extinguisher in the house. I mean, you can't just be, you can't just choose to go, hmm, well, how about that? There's a fire. Hmm, all my stuff's burning up, right? But if you have a resource, if you have a fire extinguisher, right? Now you can go and, and it's not quite as a panic moment because you go get the thing and you put it out and you, whew, okay, I'm good, right? So it's like, I love that mm -hmm. idea of like, it's kind of depends on your resources. The other track I wanted to go down was you, you talk about decompress. You don't, you don't have the time to decompress, you know, in a survival situation, if you're out in the wilderness all by yourself and which Rick, we talked about in the, uh, in the uh, crosstalk before this interview. Time travel talk. that we haven't had we yet. haven't had yet that's one <laughs> of the things we're talking about, about it but if it's like if it's it's like let's say you have food let's say you're good on water and let's say there's it's just a rainy day and you are like forced to just sit all day right so that's kind of like a, a natural you just have to sit and kind of be in your own thoughts and all that so how can wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute you guys are definitely from texas you think that just because it's raining you have to sit all day you guys really need to spend some time up in the northwest. Okay, in my in my defense, we would never do anything. Well, in my to say nothing would ever get done in Seattle. Ever. No. In my defense, I am watching a show that is that is the context is the Pacific Northwest, like the Victoria Victorian oh. Islands, and where it rains like 220 days of the year, and so that's where that came from. And so, like, if you're in like a true like, I'm out in the wilderness with like just like a little shelter or something. Not well, and in have... my defense, if I walk outside and literally one raindrop hits turns me, around, I'm like, time to go inside. <laughs> right back around and walk right back inside. Well, we it... don't even have umbrellas here. You yeah. know, that's a thing, right? Like, right. we can tell you're not from Seattle if you don't have an um, like, if, if you giggling. have an umbrella. We're like, you're not, you're not local. Nerd alert. <laughs> yeah. Me Meanwhile, in Abilene, like we have an Air Force base here, and one of the reasons it's here is because there's like 300, like, and 15 average flying days a year, which means like the weather's fine. Like, yeah, the weather's fine for flying. Visibility, no, rain, no clouds. Anyway, okay, so the decompression. So how can we? What are some things that you do, um, you know, to to kind of force this uh, decompression in the modernity context? I love that you use the word force. You can't force it. <laughs> you really can't. You have to allow it right, right. to happen. Um, but I, but a lot of the reason that I love working through the body is that it allows your nervous system to release those stored stresses and tensions. And so much of what we do in our culture is mind-based, where we try to kind of go back and like analyze our way through or intellectualize our way through and be like, I understand why I was stressed by this. And I understand why I didn't, you know, I didn't have these resources. And that's why I got traumatized. And I liken this to if you were to walk into a room and see the light switches on and have a conversation with a friend about why that light switch is on, like you can stand there and talk about who turned it on, why they turned it on, when Sounds they like a turned very, it on. That's a dad conversation. Like, Who touched like, the thermostat here? Yeah. <laughs> you, you can stand there. You can have a conversation for hours about that light switch and why it's on, but it, nothing actually turns it off until you reach up and turn the switch off. Right. So when we work through the body using, a, I use a lot of novel sensory inputs, so using different tools to give different sensory information to a person's nervous system or 
using different movements with awareness, depending on the level of awareness a person has, we can clue the person into what they're feeling in their body and change their sensory experience, which then has the uh, ability to discharge that stored stress and bring them back into a calmer, more regulated state. Or the, the flip side of that is we tend to talk about stress as being something that has you frantic, but if you're under a lot of stress for a long time, you can also go into a shutdown state where you're sort of dissociated and you're not in touch with anything. And it's a really unpleasant place of feeling like the world is passing you by and you're not quite a part of it and can be associated mm -hmm. with a lot of depressive feelings, things like that. And so the other side of that is to bring somebody back up to where they can feel things to so stimulate somebody's connection with their body through sensory input. And you, you know, talking about sensory inputs, is that kind of going into this other talking point that we had discussed, the body states influence your mental focus and acuity? Is that kind of getting you, you know, you hear about like if you stand with your shoulders out like this, it gives you like changes your mood. Is that kind of what you're talking about as far as like the sensory inputs? Yeah, that's a very, uh, that's a very broad approach to that. So yes, how you hold your body is, uh, is affecting your consciousness. It's affecting how you're perceiving yourself in the world. But there are little micro pieces of that too, because a person who has very tight chest muscles, you know, who, that are chronically contracted like this, and you tell them to put their shoulders back, they don't necessarily open those muscles up they just put their shoulders back like this, but okay. the muscles stay tight. In an extended, so really... like, un, un, like sustainable <laughs> position, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that's why a lot of people will say, oh, I've tried to have good posture, and it, uh, it's hard, it hurts. Yeah, I can't, I can't do, do it for I... more than two minutes or something, yeah. Exactly, because we haven't actually gone in and changed the relationship of tension within their body. Okay, so how do you do that? So uh, you're like uh, somebody that's like, okay, have you seen those? Uh, I'm sure you have. Uh, like the things that you wear and there's like the thing on your back and like the, the video is like someone sitting like this and then it like, I don't know if it like zaps you, like electrocutes you or something and then it makes you like do like this. Like what is that? Is that, is that a thing? Does, does that work? I am not a fan of those. I, they're, they're very... I, the, I've looked into them and they, um, I figured like all of your people are like sending them to you. Like, what about this thing? Does this make it easier for me? I don't have to actually work. Everyone I've ever known who's gotten one uses it for like a day. And then they're like, this thing is annoying this is dumb. Uh, yeah. because, because it, it measures the angle of your spine, but like posture is so much more than just where your spine is in right. space. It's, it's the relationship of all the different tensions in your body that are aligning your bones. Yeah. So if you have to think about, um, if you switch the way you think about your body, instead of thinking about your bones like struts that your muscles hang off of, if you think about it the other way, where the muscles are creating tension that pull the bones into place. Into the correct place, right? It, right, or yeah. incorrect, or, yeah. or whatever. They, they create a relationship between the mm. different bones in the body, whether that's functional or dysfunctional. There's no real right, good right. or bad. It's just it's either working for you or it's not working for you. And, and so... When you have these devices, I mean, it's, it sounds really good on the surface to be like, oh, it'll buzz when your spine goes out of alignment. But like, what muscles are you using to straighten up? And where is that straightness coming from? And is it really the most functional pattern that you want to be developing? Right. And so I and, and then getting into that, too, you think about like, well, we're saying that one pattern is the right pattern for every person when we put this device on their back and saying that everyone's spine should be at this angle. Well, we don't know anything about what's going on in that person's body. They may have severe scoliosis for crying out loud, right. you know, because well, and we got to look at the whole person here. Well, that sounds like a, well, I was going to say, 
I won't say that, but like, okay, you, you get your spine in the correct position. Well, what, what dysfunctional pattern are you now like, uh, you know, putting your, your, your <laughs> work into that's going to create other problems down the line. Yeah. Um, so does that lead into like, is, is the thing like that, like, uh, changing out an air filter, or like, uh, you know, doing something to like a, a, a car, like a, a piece of machinery where you're just like doing this and then it's fixed and instead of thinking about it as like, okay, no, we're, there's all these different things. So like, how can, how can we kind of get out of that mindset of, uh, oh, I'll take this pill and this will fix this problem or oh, I will do this stretch. We'll fix that problem. You know, like what's yeah. <laughs> talk, talk a little bit about that. We, by paying attention to our bodies and actually experiencing them. And, and this is a big problem that we have in our culture is that we have this huge divide between our physical selves and our cognitive selves. And it's, it's culturally been there for a very long time. I swear from a bodywork perspective, if people could bring their bodies in and deposit them on the table and check their brains out and go somewhere else while their bodies are worked on, they would. And it's from a lack of understanding that your body is not this object. It's not a machine. It's not a thing. It's a biointelligent organism and your nervous system is in constant relationship with your environment. And so there's a lot of sensory data being sent to your brain. In fact, your body processes data, sensory data, about a million times faster than your uh, prefrontal cortex. Wow. And so, so there's all this information that's being sent in, and we're not aware of it because we've been taught and conditioned not to pay attention to it. We've been taught to ignore signals from our body from a very young age, starting in school, where you have to sit still, <laughs> don't fidget. I know things are getting a little bit different and probably very different with what's going on now, but... But when most of us were growing up, it was very much about sitting still and paying attention, which meant folding your hands, not moving, not listening to any impulse to move your body. And hmm. movement and thought are, you know, are conjoined. They've got functional MRIs that show that when your cerebellum, which is your center of balance and coordination, is firing, your executive function centers in your brain are also firing at the same time. They, they wire together. But we've, we've divided them. So it's really a matter of re-hooking us up to our sensory data, really learning how to pay attention to what's happening in our bodies, and then stimulating, like I said, that novel sensory input. So new experiences, new movements that break apart those habitual patterns, and that creates an opening for new patterns to take place. So uh, we have like five minutes, so there's no way we can explain, okay, how do I tap back into my, my body? But maybe like elevator speech that... And, and then we'll talk about your website and all that where people can go and find out some more, some more info about kind of making that, like reconnecting those two things. Yeah. So the, the first tool is just paying attention. And it, that's super easy. Everyone can start doing that. So the way that I start people with that is to ask them, what are you noticing right now? What are you noticing in your body? And usually people will jump into pain. They'll tell me about what's uncomfortable in their body. So I hurt here. I feel tightness there. But the other thing that people will do is to jump into what they usually feel. So they're, they go right into their intellectualized experience. So, well, when I get up in the morning, I have pain in my heels. Okay, what are you feeling right now? What are you, and I just keep coming back to that question. What are you feeling right now? And most people have difficulty answering that question, but that is the first question. And it can be, the weight of your body in the chair. It can be the feeling of your clothes on your skin. It can be something uncomfortable. It can be the movement of your breath in your, you know, in your chest, in your torso, in your abdomen, wherever you're feeling breath moving in your body. 
but just starting to pay attention to what you are feeling. These are the sensations that we normally dismiss as unimportant, right. but they're the gateway into starting to have that sensory awareness where we're starting to reconnect our thinking conscious mind with that um, neurobiological part of ourselves, that part of ourselves that doesn't really have language. It talks in sensation. I love that. I don't know. That is a meme or something I saw. It was like, my favorite childhood memory is my back not hurting. <laughs> that, that was pretty funny. Um, okay. So before we get to it's wholebodyrevolution.com, we're going to talk about all that. Um, we may have asked you this last time, but if it's, and if it's the same answer, great. If not, uh, great. But like during the pandemic, we've asked some guests this, like what is something that either you have started doing or like society as a whole has started doing that once all this is back to normal, like continues. Does that make sense? Mm. Yeah. So I have started to be really diligent about getting up in the morning and going for a walk uh, hmm. as, as part of my, I've always been somebody who really likes to walk, uh, but it hasn't necessarily been a daily practice. And I've really enjoyed getting up early and going outside. And I live fairly close to what would look like a rainforest. Oh, no. You, you have your probably. umbrella on your walk every morning? Like, I you look don't. Like I have a really good raincoat. Because <laughs> oh. we, we all have, I have several, actually. <laughs> I do have a rain question. Has this ever happened where you leave the house and it doesn't look like it's going to rain at all? And then all of a sudden it just starts pouring. Like, do you literally have to take your umbrella everywhere you it's go? Not, she doesn't take an umbrella. You don't we take don't an have umbrella, umbrellas. Right? I, mean, I, okay, I, do always, I do always have a raincoat in my car. But if I go for a walk and it starts raining, I just keep walking until I get back home. Okay, the, the, the no umbrella thing. I must have misunderstood what you said earlier. So yeah. you people up in Seattle, if it starts raining, you you're just people. like, yeah. and it's like just, you're, you just get you just wet. put the hood on. Yeah, we all have marmot or like, you know, Arcteryx coats that were, you know, we're like with the That must awesome be a fancy hood. thing. I've never even heard of that. Yep. That must oh, be yeah. a fancy rain. Fancy. You know, REI is from here. <laughs> I love REI. My raincoat that I keep in my car is from Walmart, and it has a huge rip in the uh, <laughs> armpit, and I haven't worn it in fly. like four years. It's his, that uh, fly. It's his high school letter jacket. It's just big, like, cotton. The... It literally, I needed a raincoat once, like, ten years ago, and I went into Walmart and bought, like, the cheapest uh, windbreaker I could. My horses have raincoats. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a rain slicker type coat with oh, the well, hood bragging montage here from the University of Washington, which I bought at the University of Washington bookstore, and I feel very rain expert when I'm wearing it. So, but you so, don't wear it much in Texas. I wear I wear like once a year. Yeah, yeah, one time per year. So why I should have worn it? What's the what's the con pro and con me the umbrella like why hands free like that's another. A, it's That's another great. thing to carry. You're always leaving them behind. It rains so frequently. Like, and then it's wet. What do you do with it when you go? I don't know. It's the wind blows. We, have, we do have a lot more people with umbrellas now because there's been so many transplants in the last few years. It's like I actually Tourists. see umbrellas in the winter here. And uh, <laughs> we... Yeah, so this is how little we use them. I, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a really good point. I guess, uh, yeah, it's one less thing you got to carry around. Yeah. It, I... I I can't even tell you the last time I've been outside when it's raining here. That's how little. Well, rain and then if it blows really hard and it catches you just right, you oh, either you get, get the, um, the upside down, you the either get the flip, you get either get brain. that, or it just you, carries you away. You also, you also have to remember that we have, you know, how the Eskimos have like, you know, three hundred words for snow or whatever, however many words they have. Right. We All have the that different many words rains. for rain because. Yeah. Our rain really, it's not what you think of. It's not like downpours that happen sometimes. Most of our rain is just sort of this like bleak, 
Drizzle sounds right. so bad. <laughs> like, you know, I listen to Nirvana a lot, so I feel like I understand the general tone of like of, I think, of the bleakness. There. I think there's a for a scene in Forrest Gump that talks about all the different types of rain. Um, Sideways rain, yeah, 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 big rain, small stinging rain. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. So it's still wholebodyrevolution.com, right? You haven't okay. changed. Um, any other new things you're doing, or is that still like the best place to go? That's the best place to go, and I do have one-on-one work that I'm doing, working through uh, basically fluid leadership coaching. So it's coaching on leadership from an embodied standpoint, and there is a link from Whole Body Revolution to that, but you can also find me at sukibaxter.com for more information on that. All right. Awesome. Well, I can't. 30 minutes just flew by. Thank you so much. This has been great, uh, as I did the last time. I will email you the link. I will email you the YouTube Link. Yeah, we keep hearing uh, f- viewer feedback, mad that like uh, the shows aren't on YouTube. I did so three of you... them in June, in like okay, a week. Well, okay, come well, on, let's keep them going here. God. People like to watch and listen. So, and I don't know which will be first. You need to see your rabbit impersonation. And That's I'll, important. I have another visual. <laughs> I have another visual that I'm going to share oh, with Rick, boy. but in the in when we do the intro, so I'm excited Get your about that. Underwear. <laughs> That's what back, I was on. Hoping you would. back on. Back <laughs> on. That's the first step. Awesome. All right, Sookie, <laughs> you're great. Thank you so much for for coming back on, and uh, and have a great night. We will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for having me. You're listening to the Simply Human podcast. That was great. Uh, that was awesome. We've gone a little long here. The uh, the intro went a little long, and uh, it was funny though. So <laughs> it we, started low with the gator talk, and it ramped up I'm really still quickly. Wearing this, I didn't like take this <laughs> off for the interview and then put it right back on. Like this is just yeah, whatever. Um, so we have lots of guests lined up. We just booked a show in November. What the heck? This year? Well, yes. if we all still are alive. Right, yeah. So We might be living in the refrigerated mobile morgues that they're just going to park on every street corner now. <laughs> living in those? Or oh, well, that's a good dead. point. I mean, yeah. it's really cold and it's really hot outside. I might try to live inside one of those. All right, so the tip of the week is buy this book and read it <laughs> front to back. And it'll teach you about uh, the re- choosing mom. the right items for your kit, <laughs> collecting and cooking food, manufacturing needed tools and supplies. Here's a pine twig bundle with tinder. Oh, that <laughs> tender. It's not your kind of tender. <laughs> yeah, what is yeah. that for? What does that do? Fire. What do you do with that? I get fire. Rick, you probably don't even have a magnesium rod or like a fire, like a ferro rod. <laughs> Nerd. I, one time, in the greatest stroke of fatherhood ever, my kids were like, I don't remember what I was trying to do, but they were bothering the crap out of me, and I was busy, and I told them, hey, you know what? If you guys can... Uh, create fire with two sticks i'll give each of you a thousand dollars cash and they spent the next hour rubbing two sticks together trying to earn a thousand it's impossible it really got them out of my it really got them out of my hair here uh bragging montage speaking of bear girls the guy that led the eight-day outdoor survival training course that i did back in 2014 i remember that that guy was a consultant on Man vs. Wild, and it was actually the one that taught bear girls how to do the bow drill kit which i was the only one in the class they got fire and it took me all day it took me all day to make a fire and it, it like, takes him like it, two yeah, seconds i know well they edit that but. well yeah but i know but like seriously like you can tell it doesn't take him that long okay we gotta go okay. uh that's yeah. the tip of the week learn how to do some survival stuff uh remind me i need to tell you about did i send you did i send you the video of me shooting the snake with a 22 no, I don't want to see videos of you killing things. I didn't with guns. I know it, it attacked me. I'll, we'll tell. We'll talk about that. It was on the trail. It would have bitten me. A rattlesnake. A rat. You'll see. I'll send it. We'll do it next time. Next crosstalk. So, 
That okay. is going to do it for this edition of the Civil Human Podcast. And wait. Oh, and remember. It's the Sears catalog from 1987. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, 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 the Sears insert in the Sunday paper. <laughs> so until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>